Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. It's a Thursday. Ho, ho, ho. It's Valentine's Day. Yikes. Well, what can I do? What can I say? (laughs) I hope you're all doing well. And I was really thinking about cinematic stuff again. I just can't help it. I'm a movie buff. I watch how things are framed. I watch how things are shot. I watch the dialogue. And I especially watch the performances. You can find remarkable, good, remarkable performances in the most unlikely places. How do you transfer that to game? Well, you just encourage people to, if you're going to play the character, play him. I'm not asking you for an Academy Award performance. I'm not asking you to change your voice or anything like that. Just get involved in the story and react the way your character would. Like I said, I'm not looking for Olivier. I'm just looking for something that tells me you're involved. And sometimes I look at things, places... And I'm thinking, God, this would make a good role-playing location. I've done my fair share of car trips and traveling. And we tend to travel west a lot. Either we would go see my friends and my mother in Long Beach, which is California. Or we go to New Mexico or someplace like that. So we've seen a lot of the southwest. That tends to filter itself into my games because... I like the feeling of the Southwest, the desert, the rocky places, the the mountains, and things like that. That's why I like Spaghetti Westerns so much, because Spain there reminds me so much of that kind of area. I I went through a period of one of my favorite films is Easy Rider. And I love the first part of the film. Every time I watch the first part of the film and see where they're going and the scenery... I instantly want to hop in the car and go to New Mexico or Arizona because it is, to me, it's really beautiful out there and it'd make a great place for a game. It would. All kinds of things. Now I'm doing Astonishing Swordsman, so I got to kind of jigger it a little. Fantasy, I got to jigger a little because everything I see, I always think, well, I got to kind of, you know, make it into like some kind of fantasy, put some fantasy tropes in there and stuff. And you really don't have to do all that much. If you go Westerners or if you're traveling and such, I'm starting to take pictures of places I go to like that. So I have some kind of frame of reference. Pictures are really good either to show the character, show the players, or to just have as a reference. Just put them on your hard disk. You have to keep them on your phone. You just transfer them to your hard disk and stuff. And if you're if you're doing back okay, back in the day. I don't think artists do this much anymore, but if you're an artist like a, you know, the uh, uh, you do oil paintings or pen and ink like me or whatever a cartoonist. Each art artist would have what they call a morgue, and what they would do they go through magazines and catalogs and things like that, and other things would pull out things to give them inspiration, or sometimes they can even retrace photographs and things like that that will work if you have to have a background or something, but it's mostly for inspiration. Nowadays, I don't see any artists do that, except they do it digitally. They will they will put stuff like on Pinterest, uh, 
and things like that. I have a Pinterest page that I've kind of neglected. I should load my load them up with like locations and things like that. That helps because, like I said, not only can you get inspiration, but you can use it in the game saying, okay, it looks like this, or this thing looks like that type of thing. I started using my phone, too, my last Astonishing Swordsman game. They had a, we had an NPC called Monster Joe, and he ran kind of a junkyard place outside of town in Astonishing Swordsman. And I called him Monster Joe, and he was, turns out to be a werebear that runs a junkyard, and I said, he's kind of a, a smaller guy with a little bit of a squint. And I thought, I just pulled out my phone and I Googled Dick Miller. And I pulled up a picture. I said, he looks like this. And I held up my phone. Now, there's kind of a, there's kind of a homage to Dick Miller in that character because Monster Joe, anybody who's seen Pulp Fiction knows about Monster Joe. That's where, that's where Jules and the other guy take... Marvin's body and the car to be crushed. But if you've ever seen the DVD of Pulp Fiction, you know there's a deleted scene in there between between Harvey Keitel, who was the wolf who arranged all this stuff and organized it, and Monster Joe, played by Dick Miller. Basically, he got cut out of the movie because they had to cut it for time. So that was my kind of homage to Dick Miller as Monster Joe. And it just worked out because he fit very well. Because if you've never you've, you've seen Dick Miller everywhere, but he's in everything from like, like you know, horror fantasy to to a satirical comedy or whatever. Corman and both Corman and Joe Dante used him extensively. He was in Gremlins. He's in Matinee. He is he's in the Terror with Boris Karloff and Jack Nicholson. Uh, the one, I, and I also remember he was in Looney Tunes back in action as one of the security guards. So he's been around. He's done a lot of things. He, he died recently, a few months ago, and I'm sorry to hear that. I always wanted to meet him. But he was such a character, and that's such a character to put in a game. It's really nice. So to me, like I said, I'm always thinking cinematically. I, I don't know really where this is going today. So I'm just talking about atmosphere. Anything you can do the atmosphere. If you want to do sounds, you want to do lights, whatever, props, things like that. It's all it's all about immersion, immersion and atmosphere to me because I've got a cinematic mind. And if I have a cinematic mind, maybe that'll rub off on my players. Like I said, my favorite thing to do is to have an NPC and play the NPC well enough where the other players will start playing there and they'll start getting involved in, in the story. There are actually scenes happen that are really good. And it's it's just, a, it's it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch. I also want to talk about, well, I think I'll wait for that for the next, another episode. I'm going to talk about random encounter tables again. But because I had some, because to me, random encounter tables, they just, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. But I will talk about that in the next show. So I hope this helps you some way because, you know, I've seen a lot of movies lately and just like I get sucked into them and I want this kind of atmosphere, this thing here or that thing there, that kind of thing. So go ahead and 
remember to immerse your players in atmosphere, however you can do it, with pictures, with whatever. So I'm going to go start my day. And I want to say, if you want to talk about this or anything else, you can email me at oldmangrognargmail.com or you can send a voicemail to Anchor. And we are monetized right now. So as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program, and I would thank you. And thank you, Jonathan, Dorje, Wendell Jessen, and Oliver Shrek, Shriek, Shrek, Shriek, for supporting me. Thank you. And a big shout-out to Heath Holland. I watch his videos, Serial at Midnight. He collects DVDs and movies and stuff, a lot of which would have great, would have great application in role-playing games. So... Until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. (laughs) 